There were explosions. There were storms. This was this was a great episode, and it was a rough episode of Outlander, talking all about First Wife. I'm Carson. Thank you for listening to Talk About Lander. You can hook up with me anytime on Twitter at Talk About Lander or Carson on Air. That's C-A-R-S-E-N. So diving into First Wife, which, yes, that is a very big part of it. But to me, the overall theme of this episode you can't go home again. It just felt like time after time, scene after scene that, wow, home is not what you thought it was. And it started right there at the beginning with Jamie, Claire, and young Ian sitting on their horses when they took that pause to look at Lollybrock. Wow. They all look nervous, all for different reasons. I mean, obviously, Claire is trying to go home. That's the whole reason she's back in Scotland. That's the whole reason she went through the stones. And even she's finding it's a little bit hard to go back to what she remembers. Because, hey, it's been 20 years. Jamie's got his own reasons, and young Ian knows he's going home to Jenny. And Jenny, Jenny is not pulling any punches. It's interesting to watch her when they ride up. You can tell she's angry. You can tell she's upset. But Ian is the really interesting character to watch there because she's talking about being shocked. And obviously she's hurt because we know the relationship she had with Claire. But Ian, Ian's had a little bit more time to process. He's actually seen Claire. He cried at their reunion in Edinburgh. And now... Now that he's been able to tell Jenny and she's been talking to him about it, you can tell this is a man divided. I've really enjoyed watching him through this episode. When they all make their way inside, young Ian, honey, shh, shut up, stop talking. Just like boy is running at the mouth. Hey, Claire killed a guy. Hey, I was selling brandy. Like you just want to tell this kid, stop it already. You're not making things better. And Jenny... Jenny is letting them know. She is just laying it on out. And she and Jamie are having a dialogue. But you notice Claire is very quiet, which is a total 180 from the Claire that we saw last week in Creme de Menthe, that she was very verbose and she was very mouthy. And when it comes to Jenny, Claire shuts up. Claire knows her place. And even so, Jenny still refers to her as a stray I mean, that was a verbal slap in the face. And we come to find out that it's because Jenny's hurt. But it's such a great callback to season one when Jamie brings them home to Lollybrock and Jenny's just going on and on and they're fighting. And when Claire tried to step in, Jenny just shut her down. And maybe Claire is remembering 20 plus years ago that, you know, when you go toe to toe, Jenny's going to step on them. Where I was impressed that Jenny did kind of rein herself in, though, was when Jamie suggested the alternative punishment for young Ian. Nobody threw back in his face that you're not the boy's father when Ian initially handed him the belt to go give him the thrashing. And then we see that scene outside and Ian, young Ian is completing his punishment. And Ian comes over and says, hey, you might have been right. Again, Ian... There's a lot going on in Ian's mind, but we don't get to hear a lot. But I think because Jenny's the one with the bark. She shut off the bark and the bite in the next scene. She's she's with Claire and all the children that are running around, which I kind of had a weird secondary thought about that. Remember when Jamie came back from Hellwater and he's had to leave Willie and we didn't get to really see any of that, but we know that it happened. Imagine Jamie coming back to this castle, this house full of children. 
I mean, that's just got to be knife after knife through this poor man's heart. And then Claire gets a dagger in the chest when Jenny refers to her as a stranger. I mean, Claire is, I I get it, Claire is trying to make the effort, and I know it's going to be rough, but wow, Jenny is just not having it. And so now it's Jamie's turn, which I was really thrilled to see Jamie kind of take on Jenny, because that's not always the dynamic. And frankly, in in last episode, too, I'm not sure that I always felt Jamie standing up for Claire. Again, I know it's been 20 years. I'm giving him some leeway, but I was really glad to see that backbone come back with Jenny. The problem is she kind of sees through the lie that Jamie has concocted because She knew Claire's love for Jamie. There's no way she wouldn't have tried to see if Jamie was still alive. Oh, this is this is why Jenny's so good, because she knows them so well. But what that leads to is Jamie and Claire in the bedroom plotting their moves together, talking about the future when he's saying we could build a cottage and she's concerned about the relationship with Jenny. The underlying current of that was. Yes, they're back. They're back together. And Claire's main focus is Jenny. And here's where the line gets interesting. She wants to tell Jenny the truth about her traveling through time. Jamie says she's not going to understand it. And Claire says, if I don't tell the truth, there will always be this wall between us. Claire said it, but you know Jamie's thinking it. He's got to come clean. Hashtag first wife. It's right there in the title. But before that happens, we hear the story of how he found the treasure when he's talking again about lights and shadows. That's a callback to the episode before and the White Witch, the treasure information like this is this is a wonderful story. And honestly, the visual of it made me weep. Just Jamie crossing that water trying to get to her because he was so convinced that Claire was going to be there. He, uh, let's be fair, he went to the Silky's Island looking to find one treasure. He didn't get the one he wanted, but he ended up with another pretty important one. And then they get into the bird analogy and it's a metaphor and she used to listen to a bird song and think it was him and all the tears and he's about to tell her the big reveal and then it all goes full tilt Maury Povich on us. Here comes Leary. Here come two little girls, one of which with the red hair. Claire is so stunned. She's hiding in the bed curtains like this was this was the biggest disaster I've ever seen and All the feelings, all the emotions, I I think a lot of us who've read the books and we know what's going to happen, it stands to how great the show is that we were all still panicking that something is going to go wrong here. So Jamie chases them out of the room and he has this tender moment with Joni and Claire, meanwhile, is packing it on up, which... Okay, let's look at this logically. Like, where are you going to go, honey? You're going to hike back? I mean, there's not going to be another taxi waiting. Boston? Boston had cabs. Uh, 1700 Scotland? Not so much. The other thing that bothered me about this is that Claire is running. Again, we're, we're talking about callbacks to previous episodes. Of course, season one, she spent the first half of the season trying to run back to the stones at Craig Nadoon, which stands to reason. She wanted to get back to her life. She wanted to get back to Frank. She hadn't found that love with Jamie yet. But that's that's kind of my problem with it, that now things have changed. I get it. 20 years. It's a long time. She was going to be understanding. But what, at the first sign of a problem, girl is going to bail? No, get up there and fight for your man. Although the shock of a little red-haired girl, I can see the parallels with Brie. 
And again, you can never go home. I mean, Claire tried. She found Jamie. She's back in his life. But what happens when you go back to your husband and find out he's somebody else's husband now? Yeah, you you just can't go home. But damn it if Jamie isn't going to try to keep her there. And the fight, the explosions, just the battle that they have in that bedroom is, I, I feel I felt like it was so truthful. And the passion, and even when Jamie yells at her that you left me, what, what? No, no, she did not leave you at Culloden. Like, she wanted to stay. Like, she said, I wanted to die with you. And yet he's he's got it twisted in his head, too, because he's upset, because he's angry. He's been thinking about Frank with her for 20 years. She's been she's been haunted by the ghost of Jamie for 20 years. And finally, we're back together. And you guys, OK, I feel like they 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 ran through that wall. And Jamie, I get that there was some use of force there, but it's nothing that we haven't seen before again with a call back to the reckoning, which one of my favorite episodes ever. Like, would anybody have been surprised if Claire like full on pulled a dagger? Well, she didn't get the chance to, even though she I think she finally believed Jamie when he said, I love you and only you. And they were about to angrily and yet fiercely, emotionally reconnect physically. Here comes Jenny with the literal and uh, metaphorical bucket of water that she just threw on top of. I mean, yeah, it was Jamie and Claire, but let's be honest. It was all of us. Girl, you just wrecked what was about to be really, really hot. But I get it. It's disrupting the entire castle. Leary's running around somewhere. You've got those kids. I mean, when you look at what Claire has been going through, she has had round after round after round. First, Leary shows up in the bedroom and she goes with her. And then she and Jamie have this fight. And now she's made her way downstairs and she and Jenny are about to have it out. I mean, Claire has gone three rounds and this poor girl has been back in Lollybrock for what, like 12 hours. Now, what I did like about this scene, though, is Claire did get a chance to tell her version of the truth, which she did stick pretty closely to. And even Jenny acquiesced saying, I hear the truth in your words. But because Claire has no poker face, Jenny still knows there's there's something missing. There's a piece of it that she's not sharing. And Claire not being able to conceal things. I mean, we're going back to what, like episode two with that one, when she goes to um, Castle Leoc for the first time, that you've got Dougal and Colum who don't trust her as far as they can throw her because they know that there's something just not right about the story that she's spinning. You've got Gellis Duncan in the mix. Who knows? There's something off. I mean, Blackjack Randall, that dude could tell she was lying from a mile away. Even Jamie, when they got married, said... That she could have her secrets. He wanted honesty, like never lie to him. But he knew there were things she was going to be holding from him. I mean, Frank could read her like a book. He knew when she was thinking of Jamie. Like, it's just been Claire's entire arc through the show that she cannot lie. And Jenny is just the latest to call her out on that. So the next morning, Jamie has slept in the stables. Claire is leaving again. Claire, honey, where do you think you're going? I get it. It's hard. It's messy. I mean, good Lord, you have been through some stuff, girl. But really, you think like leaving the castle gates is going to make things better? Probably not. So maybe you want to step back and see what Jamie has to say. And then, bam, Leary shows up. And here's something interesting with Leary. Leary is bound and determined to kill Claire. Doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago. Doesn't matter if it's now. And all she needs is a spark. Whether it was somebody that was going to light that pyre on fire or she just needs the spark to ignite that gunpowder. 
She misses her target, though, because, yes, of course, Jamie is like the most perfect man ever created. I mean, certainly not in the real world, because there's no one that's that wonderful. But even even in literature, does it get better than Jamie Fraser? I mean, he's right there. James Fraser standing between Leary and Claire. He takes the bullet for her or at this point, the birdshot. So he's he's got bits and pieces. And what I love is the scene when they go in and she's going to get them all spread out on the table. And he's like, oh, you know. It's nothing Claire can't fix. Like he's he's all in in love with her. And if nothing else, I think he sees this as an opportunity. Like, well, she's got to stick around to fix me. And while she's working on him and young Ian is there who keeps calling her auntie and auntie Claire. I just thought that was the most adorable thing. I love that he has accepted her. He has accepted her as a member of her of his family that uh, outside of Jamie, not necessarily everyone else has done just yet. So Claire, to her credit, yes, is angry. Let Jamie know that she's angry. Sticks around. Here's the whole story about how he and Leary came together. You know, I get it. I am totally team Jamie in this one. Like Christmas comes along. You feel so bummed out if you are single because everybody's doing parties. You want a plus one. Like emotions riding high. And then you throw two adorable little girls into the mix. I mean, come on. Yeah, I get it. It was Leary, but the problem is two beats one. And she had two adorable kids to just balance out her awfulness. And what another thing that was really great about this episode is the amount of times that Jamie just keeps affirming his love for Claire. Like when when she notices he's got a fever and he says, you know, if you're going to leave, I would rather die. You know, don't make me better because I, I don't want you to leave. And there's no life without you now that you've come back. And that's the thing for Jamie, that Claire is home. Claire's always been home. And to see another opportunity at that home and for her to take it away yet, like, come on, Claire. You know you've got to stick around. Uh, one more one more conversation with Jenny and Claire. Kind of, kind of coming into that arc of not being able to go home. Well, now Jenny's welcoming her back in Jenny's own little way. Talking about Jamie and Leary at the church, and she had a vision of Claire between them. Well, the that was, I guess, metaphysical that, you know, you had the two humans standing there. Claire was alive 200 years later, but she could see Claire because... Of course, the specter of Claire would always be between Jamie and Leary. What's interesting, though, is that literally in the physical, Jamie came between Leary and Claire. So nice little tie in with that. Um, The other big thing to note here is when Claire is talking about Jamie and how she always wore his ring. And she uses the word love in the present tense, saying, you know, I love your brother very much. Like not I loved. It was L-O-V-E with no extra letter on it. So that's like. I mean, even though if you've read the books, I get it. We know what happens. But again, this show is so good at making me think, I don't know, they could go a different way. Um, So that whole conversation made me feel that uh, Claire was now being given the opportunity, the second chance to go home to more than just Jamie, but to be part of this whole family. And then our hero walks through the door. It's Ned Gowan. How excited were we to see him? Who spells out the ins and outs of... (laughs) Here's what's going to happen if you want to get rid of this chick. So, okay, we're going to have to go back. We're going to have to get that treasure. And young Ian is all in like this kid wants to be away from the farm any way he can get out. And that leads to him swimming to Silky's Island. And then we've got Claire and Jamie left up on the cliff. And in an interesting callback to Claire and Jenny, where Jenny couldn't meet Claire's eye through the entire conversation when they're talking about the children. Well, now Claire can't meet Jamie's eye because it's not because she really has doubts. She does. 
but it's hearkening back to the reckoning. Remember, Jamie, Jamie gives her the oath. I'll never raise my hand to you. Do you still want me? And she says, I shouldn't. But and that's what's happening with Claire. She's hurt the same way Jenny was hurt by Claire. It wasn't that Jenny didn't want Claire in her home anymore. She was hurt by Claire. And now Claire has that same hurt about Jamie. So she she's saying, I know my mind is telling me I shouldn't want this. But of course she does. And that's why she can't make his eye. And Jamie, to Jamie's credit, he has done everything he can to try to apologize, and he wants to make it up to her. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, right? Like, he is—Jamie is all in. Like, he will carry 100% of this burden if he can. And when he asks her, can you risk the man I am now for the man you fell in love with? Another interruption. Are you kidding me? Like, we had this last week in Creme de Menthe that when Jamie and Claire were going to have the talk about Frank and how she wasn't really in love with him, and then, bam, there was a fire at the print shop, and we have to go. Well, now, bam! there's pirates and she can't answer the question and are you kidding me can we just get a little bit of satisfaction okay well they're going to be on a ship together next week we've seen the previews so it looks like that could be coming and what's interesting about that final shot the two of them just so far away from that ship looks like nobody gets to go home again see that's the arc that's the whole thing At least how I feel about it. But I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much to everybody that's here week after week. Hashtag TalkAboutLander. Would love to talk to you through the week. Twitter, you can find me at CarsonOnAir. That's also my Facebook page and Instagram and all that good stuff. Or if you just want to do straight up Outlander, at TalkAboutLander.